Bedrosian throws to Sandberg, and the pitch is grounded to second base. Thompson has it, throws to first. It's over. 27 years of waiting have pumped on in. The Giants have won the pennant. All right, we are back with Thompson to Clark. Brad, there's been a bit of good news though it hasn't yet been made official it sounds like we're getting the manager that we wanted bob melvin yeah that's awesome man i i mean he's one of the few that we were like hey you know i'd be happy with this guy i'd be happy with maybe steven vote uh it was kind of tricky because i don't know man we just went through the kapler era I was looking at all these new names that were coming out, like Nick Hunley and and Donnie Ecker and Stephen Vogt, and I was thinking, yeah, but it would be nice to have that experience, right? Mm-hmm. And, uh, and and so it, I hate to talk about like it's already a done deal because I've got Carlos Correa shell shot. <laughs> so I, I don't know if I want to start talking about it yet, but yeah, I mean, it's you know, uh, obviously the Padres aren't going to give the Giants permission if they don't want him gone and Bob Melvin's not going to go talk to the Giants if he wants to go somewhere else. So, you know, if he'd rather just take the firing and take the money, the 4 million and, you know, ride off into the sunset or do something else. But um, anyways, yeah, I mean, this, this is, this is awesome. There are some naysayers on, on, on Twitter who, who wanted to go a different route, but I don't see any other route that we could have really gone where you're looking at the exact opposite of, of Gabe Kapler's uh, experience and the way he runs a team. Um, I'm excited to have less platoons and, and, and maybe a five or six man rotation. I'm excited about that. What are the naysayers actually saying about this hire? They are basically saying it's old school mentality. It is, um, it is, pleasing the good old boy network um they if they were going to do this they should not have let bochi walk bochi was going to walk bochi was retiring i i can't tell you how many times i see that on social media and Mm -hmm. it drives me insane that um you know the giants drove bruce bochi out of town for crying out loud the guy he announced in February of 2019 that he was retiring and it wasn't at the end of the season when he said, Oh, my contract's up at the end of the season. You know what? Now I'm going to retire. No, he announced it before the beginning of spring training, even uh, in 2019. So, uh, so I've seen that too, you know, others should have just kept Bochy around and, 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 you know, go from there. But this is one, the one thing that people don't understand about the Bochy situation is in uh was it his last was his last season with us 2018 uh 19 2019 so and, and far farhan's first season with the giants right so the the way that the baseball ops uh situations work today a little bit different than they were you know 4 years ago and i think bochi did need those couple years off to sort of figure out you know, what can I still do versus what is going to be, uh, you know, kind of in tandem with the ops and and how much freedom 
do I have to make decisions versus, you know, what is this, this uh, binder and, and now iPad that Dave Roberts keeps <laughs> flicking through, uh, the, but there's an adjustment, right? Cause I, when I talked to Jared uh, Seidler, you know, he was just like, it's kind of funny that, you know, everyone's talking about these old school managers, Dusty Baker and Bruce Bochy. He's like, those guys have to be dialed into the analytics stuff. That's just the way baseball teams are run today. So I think he did need to sort of step away to kind of refresh himself and sort of figure out, okay, can I still have a voice? Can I still do this successfully with the way that these organizations are running teams now? And he did. I think the time away was good for him. And he, you know, it's not like he was like, hey, I'm going to go manage the Oakland A's. He, he saw who was on this Texas Rangers roster. Uh, and, you know, he sees the the amount of money that they put into the team. You know, it'd be interesting, though, if like, let's say that Melvin decided to leave this year and Bochy was coming back this year. I sort of feel like he wouldn't really be interested in this Padres job because not, you know, they, they have absolutely have the talent, but it's it's that superstar talent that you know, supposedly w- was was a little bit hard to to deal with. But, you know, I think the Padres are going to be good. That If you look at all of the, all of the numbers uh, that we like to look at, like uh, run differential, like they were like they underperformed, essentially. So yeah. they're going to be good. Um, but yeah, like like just I, I don't think you can be Joe Madden in 2023. Right. No. Not and well, and the other thing too is Bochy, even Bruce Bochy last night after they won the the American League, and they're representing the American League in the World Series um, starting this coming Friday, October twenty seventh. I uh, just thought I'd throw that out there because I just saw it like two minutes ago, like the the start times of the games and everything. Um, but the fact that right after that he said, you know. Chris Young, who he has a relationship with, he he managed him with the San Diego Padres. He said, you know, Chris Young called me and I really had to think about it. Do I want to come out of retirement? So again, this wasn't like the Giants ran Bruce Bochy out of, out of town and, and he was fielding calls the next day. I mean, if he still wanted to manage, he would have been fielding calls. He wouldn't have taken three years off. He would have, yeah. um, he, he was looking for the exact, right situation for him and even then did he have to think about is this a situation do i want to come out of retirement i I mean honestly i don't even know if i'd be shocked if the rangers won the world series and then bruce bochi retired again (laughs) said i had my one year no he's got to do it he's got to do another retirement tour yeah, so that, that he gets all those bottles of wine. <laughs> yeah, again, he's out of wine, so he, <laughs> he needs another retirement tour. Hey, I like that racket. I we got to do that, man. No, um, been, the, okay. Here's the one thing for for the Giants naysayers who are like, oh, they, they ran Boch out of town. Yeah. Zadie doesn't take that job knowing that Bochi is more than likely going to still be around because he wants to run the show. He wants they they want to adjust. They want to update they want to get closer to how the times uh, of, of new baseball was and i don't think zadie takes that job if the giants are like bochi's got to be the, the the manager because then you know that's already sort of like his job is to hire the manager like they all want their guys right and, and kapler oh, yeah. was his guy so yeah to some extent not that they you know ran him out of town but i'm sure they were like hey bruce this is where we want to go um, you know, what are you thinking? And he's like, yeah, you know, I, 
I, I have less years ahead of me than I have behind me. So, you, you know, you, you've, you got to do what you got to do. Uh, and look, if the giants from 2015 to, to 2019, if they were a good baseball team, you don't have to make that decision to, to bring in yeah. someone new, you just roll with who you had. Uh, but, uh, so the Bob Melvin experience now, a couple of things, cause bags wrote a really good piece. I feel like bags is the third member of this, uh, of this podcast. Cause yeah, <laughs> we, we just utilize, he's so such a good writer that I'm, I just love reading his stuff. But one thing he mentioned, and I want to get your feedback on this. Cause you, you kind of mentioned it in our discord, which is, um, the the players as far as who the Giants are looking at adding, uh, one of those players is uh, Yoshinobu Yamamoto, who we talked a little bit about last week, the the pitcher from uh, from Japan, and also Jung Hoo Lee from uh, the Korean League. They're looking hard at both of those guys. I mentioned that Pete Butilla was in Korea uh, scouting him. Uh, there, he was on the video <laughs> of, of, yeah. of uh, that was posted to, to That's Twitter. That's pretty awesome. So, the bags specifically mentioned that Bob Melvin has a high reputation among the Japanese and Korean players he has managed over the years. And I didn't even—I totally forgot that he was the the Mariners manager. I always think of him as right A's and Diamondbacks, um, but he managed Ichiro. In, in 20, uh, 2003. And so he's got a good relationship there. Uh, he He's uh, close to you, Darvish, who has the same agent as Yamamoto. And uh, he also has uh, what Bags described as a solid rapport. I always, you know, I, whenever I see that word rapport, I always want to say Rappaport because of the actor, Michael Rappaport. <laughs> 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 uh, he has a solid rapport with uh, Sung Kim, who was Lee's former teammate uh, and, and still close friend. So those things bode well. And, you know, this is more towards and the reason why I bring this up is because one of the things that Farhan mentioned when hiring a candidate is that that person has to be a marketer as well to help bring players to the team. And so this fits right in there. And so I want to add a third person. I want to get your thoughts on all three of these guys. Yep. But the third person I had in the back of my head, I wonder what his relationship is like with Juan Soto. That was, that was the third one. So go, yeah. go for it. Talk about Yamamoto, Kim, and, and then you can mention uh, Soto as well. Yeah. And, and, you know, I'm not well versed on Yamamoto and Kim, but, but everything I've seen, uh, again, hey, shiny new toys <laughs> coming over to here, you know, to play in Major League Baseball for the first time ever. You want to you want to put people in seats. <clears throat> I mean, that's that's kind of the way to do it. Uh, Yamamoto, the dominant pitcher over in Japan, um, won the uh, the pitching triple crown this season, um, and and Juan Soto. That's I mean, God, you. The way we talk about Yam, uh, about Juan Soto sometimes, and and how long we've talked about Juan Soto is, I, I kind of feel like we're talking about like a thirty year old, a thirty one year old. Yeah, that guy's twenty four years old, and he's got a lot of baseball left in him still. One hundred and sixty home runs up to this point, and it, you know he's only twenty four years old. Um, he'll be a free agent 
after next season. So he's got 24 in the Padres Brown stripes. Uh, and, and then it's possible, you know, if he had a good relationship with Bob Melvin and he comes over the giants, especially, I mean, if you're looking at the giants have lead, they have Yamamoto, they're building something. They have this youth, this core and the giants go, Hey, at this point, Yastrzemski, you know, then is going to be like 34 years old. Hmm. Uh, you know, we don't need a right field. You know, we don't and, need him and, as our and right still fielder. be on arbitration. And still, and still have like three RBers left for some. I have no idea how that works, but every time I look at it as a spot track, I feel like it just keeps adding arbitration years. Um, and, and to get Juan Soto to be your right fielder in a team that's bustling and burgeoning, and then you know, uh, and again, I, I mean, we're we're going all yeah, out. We're, here we're, we're looking, it. we're looking very well yeah. ahead in the future. But it, yeah, it and it's a. Shohei is is in your uh, is on your pitching staff. He's you know rehab the shoulder. Everything's good, and he's in your lineup as your DH. And you got Juan Soto and Shohei and Yamamoto on the mound, and you've got Elliot Ramos hitting forty five bombs a year. Now I I went too far. I want to uh, bring up some comments from folks who are in the chat. Uh, our guy Davis, aka Drip, who was reporting to Rod and I last night on We Want Winners from. Viking Stadium. I don't know what the stadium is oh, called. He was in uh, Minnesota watching Niners, Niners Vikings, and sad game for us. But he he said, uh, talking about Bochi, you know, managing the same team for that long uh, is, is tough. Sometimes teams do need a, a fresh a fresh uh, new, uh, chance. And so the one thing about that is, I'm assuming that one of the the coaches or uh, that that he's thinking of is Belichick in in New England. Belichick has been there for 20 some odd years and he is now a, an old man. Like he's an old dude now. Has he forgotten how to coach football? No, not at all. <laughs> not but against he, the Bills. <laughs> but he but he's also uh someone who's very successful, all the Super Bowl rings, he's a rich man. You know, he, he's not, he, I'm sure he's not grinding as hard as he was, you know, 20 years ago when they were trying to put the Patriots on the map. So, yeah. uh, you know, the baseball managers are a little bit different than that. Like you don't, you know, Mike, uh, Kyle Shanahan is like, he's in the office at 5 a.m. and he doesn't leave until after 10 <laughs> and his wife brings him dinner so that he can eat. Like, that's kind of like how, you know, the, the grind and you always hear about that, but you know, I don't imagine that baseball managing is like that. I'm sure there's lots of communication constantly during the day about players, especially when you are that dialed in with baseball ops as Kapler was with Zadie. Um, but for Melvin, the interesting thing about Melvin is he has had small stops except for his stop with the Oakland A's. And what what you kind of I kind of forgot how long he was there. Um, he was there not quite as long as Bochi was with the Giants, but they were parallel at, at the same time. You know, for many many years, uh, his, his stint with the A's, uh, they won eighty games or more in uh, six out of those ten years, or maybe it's eleven years. Uh, yeah, six out of those 11 years with the A's. And you're talking about a franchise that constantly was turning over the roster once those players became valuable for trade pieces. And so that, you know, and then Zadie is is partially crossing over with him for a few of those years. Uh, obviously, the, the Diamondbacks, he had a 190 win season in, in 2007. 
And he his very first year with uh, with the Mariners, he won 93 games. I think he replaced uh, old Lou Pinella. And then obviously yeah. last year he goes to the Padres. They beat the Dodgers in uh, the wild card round, and they lose in the NLCS to the to the Phillies. So just a successful guy, and it just shows you that he is able to kind of uh, go into situations that are different and still adjust and adapt and and put his stamp on baseball. Now, here's here's something that that I wonder if you remembered when when we were talking about him. Remember last year when uh Gabe was like stealing and bunting with leads? The yeah. one manager who was pissed off was Bob Melvin, right? Yes. And we were like, oh, oh Bob well, Melvin. Matt Williams, Matt Williams more than more than uh Bob Melvin, I think. But yeah. So, okay, <laughs> does does he bring Matt Williams over? I sure as hell hope so. Yeah. Because I, be I you know, awesome. we need to get him. And we've seen the Vogel song rumors of, of, of Vogie being the next pitching coach for That'll the Giants. Awesome I mean, some old guys here. Enchiladas um, every day. Enchiladas every day. I want to, I want to play off of um, Davis's point because he does make a good point. Um, and, and if you remember 2017, 18 and 19, the Giants were not a good team. Rough. They, they were a bad team. Didn't we uh, have to Bruce, bring back Pablo one of those years? <laughs> we did, yeah, just to get some butts in the seats, man. Um, and Hunter Pence, that was one of Hunter Pence's going away years, I think. Um, and, and so, you know, he was burned out. Time had kind of run its course. Then you bring in a guy like Bob Melvin, who has a history with young players. When you're an Oakland A's manager, it seems like 90% of your roster, <laughs> your 26-band roster, is a young player. It's somebody who's just coming up from the minors. They turn over a roster, but they're, they're good players. They're good young players. And Bob Melvin got the most out of those players. Well, what was, the, what was Bruce Bochy? Kind of the opposite of that. How many times did we see Aaron Rowan in the outfield when we should have seen somebody else? I mean, all this, he pulled all the strings, everything worked. I'm not, you know, I'm not knocking him, but he did like his old veterans <laughs> yeah. more than he liked huh. his young guys. Bob Melvin, I don't think we're going to have that that problem with Bob Melvin. I think we're going to see more of the youth in the lineup every day. I think we're going to see, uh, you know, you know, a little bit more uh, development from the young players. And, mm -hmm. and, and, and I think I, I'm not expecting, like I, I, you know, I saw in one of the articles, it said something about the giants are in a win now situation. I, you know, I, it's kind of a stretch. I don't know. I, about th I think now. Farhan might be in a win now situation. Farhan is absolutely in a win now situation. So he'll have his say on the roster. He's going to have to make some, some really big trades, free agent pickups in the off season. There's a lot of stuff he's going to need to do. Uh, and Bob Melvin will take those pieces and, and you've got the perfect manager to take the veterans, to take the youth, mesh them together and create a lineup day in and day out that can go out there and compete and win ball games. Uh, so I'm excited about that. And um, I don't know, man, I, I'm, I, I'm getting a little too excited because I haven't seen, you know, we haven't gotten a free agency. Official of, well, yeah, also it's not even, official. well, we haven't, we, yeah, we well, haven't well, hopefully gotten tomorrow the we'll, we'll hear about a press conference or something. Yeah. I think we're supposed to get it tomorrow, but, but we haven't gotten a free agency yet. I don't know what the roster is going to look like because if Bob Melvin is managing, you know, Mitch Hanniger, <laughs> Fordo, 
and, uh, <laughs> you know, Speckler and all these other guys and trying to work the same lineup we had last year. Yeah. Maybe we get a couple more wins out of it, but I, I mean, you know, it's, it, it would be rough. So I'm expecting some, some, some moves, not gigantic moves. We're not, I mean, this isn't the Aaron judge, Carlos Correa, Dansby yeah. Swanson off season, yeah. but there are players to be had. I mean, the Cincinnati reds have a plethora of, of youth and why not swing a trade for some of their younger players uh, and try to bring some of those guys in who, who do have major league experience, mm-hmm. uh, but, you know, Jonathan India, somebody like that. Uh, you know, does Tyro Estrada go the other way? If you bring in Jonathan India to play second, Maybe. I mean, you know, some things can be done. But, uh, yeah, like you said, Farhan's in a win now. I think Bob Melvin, maybe they, you know, he's in the last year of his contract. Maybe they give him a one- or two-year extension to kind of yeah, hang it, around. It, do, it does sound like it could be a small, you know, not, not here for a good time, not for a long time situation mm-hmm. as he gets kind of to the end of his uh, his career. We're going to talk about more about Melvin and, and his ties to the Giants here in a second, but I wanted to take Shelvin's comment. So Shelvin is like the third person on the podcast with Rod and I with We Want Winners. And Shelvin is also in the Phoenix area. And so obviously the 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 uh, Diamondbacks are, are playing later today yeah. for a shot to get to the World Series. So we're rooting for the Diamondbacks just because, uh, you know, they're, they're the underdog. They're the upstart. And well, we don't like Philly. Nobody likes Philly. Well, unless I, you're Mike I, Trout. Mike yeah. Trout likes Philly. I, li- I mean, I like Bryce, but that, yeah, that's about it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, you know. Schwarber becoming Babe Ruth is not <laughs> great. Um, but he he mentioned uh, you know, Bob Melvin and and I, I just I just wanted to make that mention because Shelvin uh rooting for the for the Diamondbacks and he's all over the 49ers stuff. So shout out to Shelvin. Um okay, so let's talk about Melvin because Bob Melvin was on two of my favorite. If you were to ask me, like, what are my top seven or eight favorite Giants teams? Two of these seasons, he was on these teams. 1986, San Francisco Giants. That is kind of the, you know, where we finally started to see, you and I as young Giants fans, we finally started to, to see a team that we could kind of grasp. Young players, Thompson, Clark, Uribe, uh, some old vets, Hackman, Leonard. Um, but that team just kind of, it grabbed my attention as, as a young baseball fan. Bob Melvin was the backup catcher to Bob Brenly on that team. He hit a robust 224 with five home runs and 25 RBI. But 1987 uh, was, you know, probably the best team uh, that we had seen up to that point in our young baseball fan lives. He hit an even more robust 199. But he did have 11 jacks that year with 31 RBI. So uh, that he also played in uh, 88, but I think he was gone by 89. So there's ties there. He's also uh, from the Bay Area. He went to Menlo Atherton High School, and uh, he played at uh, Kenyatta in Redwood City. So the guy is. You know, then he played. You know, then he managed uh, with the A's uh, for eleven years. So he is. This is a perfect place for him. He he's very comfortable here, and you know, you like it when the guy, you know, the guy comes home and and he's he's it's a it's like a, a homecoming for him. So I just wanted to remind folks who, if they did not know, that Bob Melvin 
he is meant he was kind of meant to be a Giants manager at some point and very thankful if that is the case and we hear from uh, Farhan Zaidi tomorrow uh, introducing Bob Melvin I'm I'm so pumped for it a lot of times when we try and figure out ah you know who do we want it's never really the guy who we want I think the I think when Kapler came in there was like really no reason to interview anybody else I think Zaidi yeah. knew who he wanted so, uh, but this time, you know, it, it, this this seemed almost too good to be true. So, hopefully, everything works out, and uh, and and we get to see him in uniform very soon. I got uh, two two fun things about Bob Melvin that I remember. So, number one, uh, when Melvin and Bob Renly, the the Bobs, were catching, I think it was probably eighty seven. Might have been. I, I I used to go to the ballpark. I was fourteen, and I would bring my binder of cards and then see who was down there. And one one day, Will Clark was down there, so I ran down and and just brought my Will Clark cards and I got him to sign too. <laughs> um, still have those. But then I brought the Bob cards down one game that I was at, and, and <laughs> both the Bobs were there, so I got Brenly to sign and Melvin to sign their cards. Uh, I'm gonna have to dig out the Bob Melvin card. I'll put it up on our social media as soon as I can find it. Um, it it's up in the closet still in the binder probably still in the original uh you know sleeve that i put it in uh and then another fun thing i used to sit and listen to the radio at night sometimes uh when i was you know doing homework <laughs> and, and i would listen to the games uh and, and i would have a score sheet because my dad would coach our little league team so i always had score books laying around oh yeah oh so, yeah so i scored one game and i, I remember and i just looked it up uh, because I remember when it happened. So it was 1987, game two of the season, April 7th, 1987. And I remember Bob Melvin hit two home runs. In oh, wow. Game. And the second, both solo shots, the second was in the seventh inning. Giants won that game four to three. They beat the San Diego Padres. That oh, wow. There so, you go. Yeah, that was a little fun fact. Yeah, that's cool. He is... Uh... Yeah, I mean, for for folks for people like us who kind of grew up in the mid to late '80s as baseball fans, like there are so many players on those teams who we would know and embrace, and people have never oh, heard yeah. of ever. Um, okay, so I did look a little, uh, I did a little Google search about our our good friend Gabe Kapler because I was like, I wonder what Gabe's gonna do. He, you know, he had two stints as being a manager, and there's a pattern to both of those stints in that. You know, he basically managed teams that were well on their way to make the playoffs and then just collapsed at the end, which was the downfall to his stay at both places. And I saw the other day that he was interviewing for a possible baseball ops position in yeah. Boston. So not managing and doing something closer to what I'm assuming uh, Farhan Zaidi did, which is interesting to me. And, you know, we talked about uh, about this with Jared and, you know, his former, you know, he's former. Uh, he, what His role was from the sort of the scouting and farm director side of things. So prospects and and such. And then having the management experience, I wonder if that helps him become a better ops guy. Cause we don't usually see it go the other way, right? We don't see it go right. from manager to office. 
Um, and we haven't really seen it go from office to manager either, but it just seems like an interesting, um, just an interesting transition. If that is what he wants to do, maybe he still wants to manage, but he just saw that opening as a possibility with an organization that he probably likes. Yeah. I mean, you know, his past is, uh, director of player development for the Los Angeles Dodgers before he went to Philadelphia to to manage. So he's got that. He's got a little bit of that, you know, front office experience when it comes to to player development. Um, you know, he was there with Farhan for a few years. Uh, he's he's probably you know what, and and that probably clues you in too is as as how close Gabe Kapler was more to a front office guy the past couple of seasons than he was to a field manager, more like, you know, we're going to analyze the numbers. We're going to put guys in positions where they think they can excel and, and kind of lack that feel as a manager of, Hey, this guy, uh, you know, said he had a late night because one of his kids was having an issue last night. So, you, you know, maybe maybe we don't <laughs> start him tonight because he needs a rest. I think you, your Bob Melvins and your Bruce Bochies of the world are going to tune into that a little bit more. Um, I'm not saying that's the case, but I'm just using that as a possible example. Of, you mean uh, when how, you, you how when Yastrzemski said players sort of ha- sort of had to fend for themselves <laughs> near the end of the year? That Gabe wasn't really checking in to make sure everyone was getting their eight hours of sleep. Yeah, I think Gabe was just talking to Farhan and saying, "Hey, Farhan, what do you want me to do? What, what do you want this lineup to look like? Which guy are you going to bring up from the minors? And and you know, where do you want me to stick him in the lineup?" So, yeah, what what do you want us to work on with with Meckler when he comes up? Yeah, uh, not you know, oh, bring me up Meckler because I could use him here and we can win some ball games with him. Yeah, I think it probably just got away from that. But mm-hmm. uh, but again, I I don't have any inside. I I. I don't know anybody in the Giants organization. That's just as a fan perspective. That's what I see. Uh, All right. We're going to talk a little bit about where we are in the baseball playoffs with the world series coming on Friday. Before that, I just wanted to make one quick mention that for those watching on YouTube, uh, Brian and I will be back tonight at 10 PM after the warriors and the Suns open up. Uh, NBA opening night right now. The Lakers and uh, the Nuggets are, are are battling it out and not looking good for the Lakers so far. Oh, so so sad for the Lakers. Two years in a row, they <laughs> they have to they have to watch the the ring ceremony. Last yeah. year they had to watch the Warriors get their ring, and this year they had to watch Denver get their ring. So mean, and they're but, getting smoked right now. Huh? Yeah, forty to twenty four as we are recording. Uh, I'm not mad at that, by the way. I, I have no, no, no. Love, I have no love for the Lakers. Anywhere. That's tough, though. As a Warriors fan, you have to look at that, though, and say, you know, I, I, I need either of these teams yeah. to lose. Yeah, but you totally. know, if it's going to be one or the other, you know, it's like when the Dodgers play the Padres. We hate exactly. them both, but you know, go Padres. At exactly. Point, so, yeah. uh, and then, uh, so we'll be up live late tonight after the Warriors Suns, and then so for the actual actual podcast feeds, though. Uh, I think the Warriors podcast will go before this podcast. People who are already listening to the the audio feeds are like, why are you telling us this? (laughs) I'm just kind of trying to figure out how it's going to work in my brain. Uh, But yeah, so there will be lots of content uh, tonight. So uh, that, that is that. And then let's talk about what we are, uh, what we are drinking here. Now I sent you a photo last week of uh, I, I made a whole foods run because you know 
we've been you talked about the the trader joe's and i was like oh yeah and i know oh, what about whole foods i wonder if whole foods has uh has spirits and, and liquor and such and they had a pretty nice uh collection of, of whiskeys that i would normally not see unless you went to like a bevmo or um total wine or one of those type of places and so i picked up a japanese whiskey i did not have it here tonight i think i'm going to save it for next week um just so many stuff going on and i was like ah you know what i'm going to do the old-fashioned mix that i got from yeah, you, trader you Joe's. got a lot of, you got a lot of shows tonight man i know i, I, I it's, <laughs> it's it's nuts um but and it's just the watching of all the stuff too and watching oh, yeah, and thinking about sure. it and and trying to prioritize my day but um so trader joe's old-fashioned mix that was my go-to i needed something kind of flavorful you know i'm just running all around today and I, I wanted something that was a little bit more uh flavorful than just like some straight up whiskey um so that's what i went with what did you go with uh you know what <sighs> I, I went, I, I know I talked about it. I don't want to early celebrate, but I'm early celebrating. I, I, I went, I went with the, the Thompson to Clark. I was like, screw this, man. I'm having our signature drink. We're, we're getting our new manager. It's a guy we can all get on board with. Uh, they keep calling him Bowmel. They're like, he goes, you know, everybody knows him as Bowmel. That's what, yeah, that's what Shelvin called him too. The, yeah, but the whole ten years he was in Oakland, I don't think I ever heard that. I didn't. I never I, heard that I, either. I, I never heard that. But you know, as a Giants fan, maybe we were closed off. We were too busy winning championships. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. To know what his nickname that's was. We but either way, I'm gonna call him Bowmel now because that's what he goes by. But yeah, so I went Thompson to Clark. I'm doing a little celebrating here early. Um, it's Halloween season, so we're watching all the ghost adventure shows at night. And I don't know if you're into ghost adventures, <laughs> that crazy old Zach Baggins from Vegas. Uh, he does a lot of stuff up here in Virginia City, a lot of haunted. Oh, all right. There you I go. I got a thumbs up. I don't know. <laughs> we, got, we got a lot of uh, uh, ghost haunts up in Virginia City here, which is right up the mountain. Like if you look out that window there, there's a mountain that goes right up to Virginia City. A lot of haunted stuff up there. And so he does a lot of shows. So we'll be watching that tonight. So I always like to have a drink uh, with my shows. So I'll probably finish this off and, and bust out like a light beer or something, but I don't know. Are you guys into the Halloween shows? Do you guys do the Halloween programs? Not really. No, the scary stuff. No, I mean, cause no. the kids are kind of young. So yeah, that's true. Uh, we can't really watch too much of the scary stuff around, uh, the eight, uh, my eight year old stepdaughter. Oh, but, true. But, yeah. uh, but remind people who may be new to the Thompson to Clark cocktail that, that yeah. you created what remind people what is in that so i didn't bring in the tequila with me because whenever i bring in the spirit with me uh i pour more yeah there you go so, so i left it outside <laughs> of the room so it's uh uh this is an ounce and a half of uh terramana tequila the rocks terramana tequila the silver the silver that's the key ingredient that's i've made it with other tequilas before eh, this is the stuff <laughs> uh the zevia grapefruit citrus there which is sugar-free uh no caffeine or anything like that and then i don't know if you could see it but a little sprig of lime in there there you go uh squeeze it in there and um Sometimes two ounces of, te of tequila, sometimes one and a half. I wanted to have a beer later, so I went one and a one half. One and a half. That's smart. Yeah, just kind of smart. You know, try to try to keep it keep it good in there. But yeah, so that is. It's usually more of a summer drink. 
but it's our our signature show drink. So for that, it's kind of plays off of a Paloma, uh, and then went to getting Bo Mel. There you go, Bob Melvin. I had to I had to pour a, a winner. It is also on our uh, Instagram page, BSPN yes. underscore Media. We have a graphic of the Thompson to Clark. If you want to check that out. All right, let's uh, for these next ten minutes or so. Just interested in your thoughts on the playoffs as we got to the uh, championship series. The Texas Rangers beat the uh, Houston Astros the last two games, and it turns out to you know turns into like kind of two blowouts in the in the last two games, and that was kind of surprising to me. I, I didn't expect the the Rangers to just offensively go berserk but oh yeah you know the one thing that you do recognize during this playoffs uh is the the playoff aces aren't the playoff aces of what you know there's no mad bum just dominating and throwing nine and going like hey everyone get on my back it's much more how the giants kind of use their pitching uh this year during the season it's like okay max scherzer we want like three or four he's like guys I got two and two and two thirds. <laughs> That's all I got. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, all right, all right, all right. We got Montgomery. <laughs> He's coming in. You know, and and just interesting how the pitching staffs are used right now. Um, and then uh, who who is the starter for the Astros yesterday? Uh, Christian? Uh, is it Javier? Uh, Javier Vasquez. Ha- right for the for I thought it was uh, I thought it was Christian. Isn't his name Christian Javier? What whatever his name is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'll have to look it up. Uh, so he, you know, he. I didn't even finish the first inning. Like, you know, we're so used to in the Giants run, but now that we have to sort of say this, the Giants run was, you know, 10 years ago, <laughs> the last one. Yeah. Pitching is so different today. And I guess that was the thing that I was a little bit surprised about. Is there's really, here. Yeah. yeah. Is there's really no ace who's just going to go seven or eight, you know, uh, Verlander, how he had been in the past, obviously Bumgarner, pitchers like that and it's much more about how you utilize that bullpen and uh yeah i know philadelphia and dimax which said starting as we are talking and, and getting to the end of this show and so we won't know who wins uh right now but you know you're starting a rookie for arizona but you don't need five or six innings out of the rookie you need right. like a handful you need to stay in the game so you could turn it over and allow the bullpen to, to do work. So that is less, a little bit less pressure, I guess, if you're uh, starting a young player, it's just knowing that, you know, he's, he's really, he's just got to get us to a good start. And if not, then we're just, we, we got to quick hook him. So just thoughts on what we, we've seen so far, Texas. Uh, I, if the, even if the Diamondbacks lose this game seven, what a, what a hell of a postseason for them spanking the Dodgers and then coming back against Philadelphia who got their, um, you know, got their reps in last year's postseason and probably thought they were going to walk through the Diamondbacks. Just fantastic postseason for them. Uh, do you have any thoughts on, on who may be a favorite on, on Friday, no matter depending on who wins this week or tonight? Well, 
And and we're talking about, you know, we're talking about the Diamondbacks and the Phillies, two wild card teams, too. So that that's what makes it even more fun. I know everybody hates that. And all the best, the teams with the best records, it should be, <laughs> you know, in the, in the American League, it should have been the Orioles and the, and the Astros, mm-hmm. and, and, you know, and, and over here, it should have been the Dodgers and um, I'm trying to remember who had the second best record. I mean, it's been such a long playoff series. Um, but yeah, and and. No, the Dodgers had the second best record. I think it was Braves and Dodgers, right? Oh, that's right. Braves and Dodgers. So, you know, they, everybody thought, well, it should be them in the National League Championship Series. But no, no, no. I mean, it's, you know, it's it's who's got the most heart, guts, and who's playing the best baseball at the right time. And that's kind of how it goes. Um, but, you know, talking about that, too, and talking earlier about, you know, the Giants, we can go out and get Yamamoto. We can go out and get Lee. We can, you know, you know, bolster the lineup or bolster the the, the pitching staff, um, the starters and the, and the bullpen and everything else. There are it's not like it was in the early 2010s when the Giants were dominating with pitching and everybody was dominating with pitching. Home runs were low. I think your team leader in home runs had like 30 home runs. Well, you know, things have changed back around again. It's an offensive um, an offensive league. So you really can win a bunch of different ways. And I think we're seeing that now, especially with the Rangers just pounding the Astros pitching and the Astros went in with one of the best you know, starting pitching staffs in baseball and, and the Rangers came in and just slammed them in game six and seven. Uh, and, and then now looking at what Arizona did and Arizona's already have won nothing in this ball game. Um, but what they did yesterday in uh, game six, where they came out just swinging and scored. Yeah. I think it was three runs in the first inning uh, or, or second inning and, and just kind of started, you know, beating up Phillies pitching. Um, this is the year of the offense. And so if the Giants want to compete and go deep into uh, the playoffs, yes, you've got to have a couple of good frontline starters. And you also have to have a manager that can really uh, feel the starters, feel the bullpen, know when to make changes. I mean, look at Bruce Bochy. He did a, a fantastic job in the series against the Astros. Uh, and, and so I think that's what the Giants need to do to get back there. And and they're on their way with Bob Melvin and they're on their way with youth and then, and then grabbing a couple of, of pieces to kind of help them out along the way. But man, I, I, I would like to see Arizona win, but I think, I honestly think Philly and Texas would be a much better series. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there would be a lot more fireworks. Um, Anytime you have a playoff game in Philadelphia, I think you're in for some excitement. I mean, no offense, Arizona, but I, but I really, I think I'd like to see the Philly crowd more than I'd like to see the Arizona crowd uh, for the next week and a half. But that's just we still might be able to go to Arizona. Yep, that's true. Quick flight to Phoenix. Come on, yeah, yeah. Because I mean, the games are starting in Texas, so let's say. Arizona's down two nothing and then they lose game three and they're down three nothing. You might be able to get some pretty, you know, d- decent prices for <laughs> uh for game four if you want. <laughs> uh yeah, no, I, I'm ex- I'm excited. Just having Bochi back in is such a great story. Having Dusty Baker in there would have been a, a great story too. But did you see the stat? 
that was up before the game, which is Bochi had never lost a game seven and Dusty had never won a game seven. Yeah. Oh, that was brutal. That was brutal. Yes. And we do know about one of Dusty Bochy's <laughs> game seven losses all too well. Yeah. We know more about his game six loss. Yes. Than we, than we do. I mean, the game seven was, that one was rough. I think that was, that was the worst for uh, game six was rough, but to not even, come out yeah not even show swinging up winging in 2002 in game seven that was tough yeah yeah uh and then uh yeah uh, and then on the other side philly arizona whether uh it's it's a cool story but i think the thing about arizona is i'm i'm not sure they can go toe-to-toe with uh with texas i would love to see it if they could like if you te- if you foretold the future and you said Arizona is going to go seven games. Philly's going to go seven games. I might say, let, I want to see Arizona. Like it's a better story. Yeah. And but I just, I'm just worried that they could get uh, a little outfoxed there. But uh, we're going to end this show a little bit earlier than usual. We usually try to get closer to an hour, but uh, lots of stuff is going on. We we both want to get to our TV so we can turn on the baseball game, basketball games going on. I got Warriors at seven, which I'm going to kind of <laughs> delay because I watched the 49ers all day yesterday and I don't, you know, I want to hang out with my wife a little bit tonight and, and get to some stuff for us to watch. Did you ask her if she wants to hang out with you? I mean, you want to hang out with her, but does yeah, she wanna, I mean, I don't that's know. That's a good you question. Know? She may just kick me to the <laughs> office to watch the Warriors game live. We're, uh, we're, we're coming up uh, on this coming Friday is uh, 22 years of marriage. And and so there's times where it's like, hey, what are you doing tonight? She's like, I'm just reading. I'm like, well, all right, I'll, I'll just go watch some shows or something. I mean, you know, it happens. That's when I would go fire up the PS5. I'm like, all right. And that's pretty much it. <laughs> pretty much what happens. Uh, all right. Thanks to uh, Davis and Shelvin for hanging out with us for a little bit. Good luck to Shelvin and his Diamondbacks. And uh, I'll be I'll be getting ready for Warrior Sons here and hopefully having my voice for the uh, podcast (laughs) tonight. So uh, for Brad, I am Double G. We will see you when we see you. Peace out. Peace. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.